She Makes Money Moves is a production of Glamour and iHeartRadio. I don't want to be 80 years old and have zero money and having to still work because I didn't, you know, do anything with my finances. I'm Samantha Barry, the editor-in-chief of Glamour, and this is She Makes Money Moves. We've talked on the podcast about the importance of having a fallback fund. Emergency money that you leave in a savings account so you have cash if your car breaks down or your cat gets sick or you lose your job. This is your short-term savings. It's easily accessible, but it's not making you much money in interest. We've also talked about the importance of long-term saving. If you start investing part of your salary with a 401k or a Roth IRA in your 20s, it could grow to more than a million dollars by the time you're ready to retire. Your long-term savings will make money. But once you deposit the cash, the only way to get it back before you hit retirement age is by paying massive fees. Today, we're going to talk about medium-term savings. If you have enough money set aside to cover an emergency and your retirement accounts are automated, what do you do with the money that's left? What kind of life do you want? And what do you need to do financially to get there? Our guest today loves her job, but in the future, she might want a lifestyle with more flexibility and freedom. Her fallback fund is set, Now she wants to grow the extra money in her savings account, but she's haunted by the financial crisis and wary of investing. The reason I haven't done much with my savings is because I am afraid of where to put it. What happens if the market crashes again and all of my money is gone? That's a real worry for me. And I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket and then lose everything. That would be absolutely heartbreaking. And I know people that that happened to when the market crashed. And I think it put a little fear in a lot of younger people. This is her story. My name is Frankie Burns. I'm 30 years old. I am the VP of marketing for a company called Budsies in Boynton Beach, Florida. Frankie didn't always have enough money in the bank to cover emergencies. She started her career in copywriting and social media marketing. She enjoyed the work, but she was struggling financially. I mean, back when I was in my first job, I was making barely enough to survive on my own. I'd never really put a lot of focus on my finances before. It was always, I was living kind of paycheck to paycheck. I didn't have much to work with, so there wasn't much thought process put into, okay, I have this money, what should I do with it? It was more like, this is what I have this week. It's going to be used this week. And the next week's paycheck will be used on the next week's expenses. She was living with her boyfriend, who's now her husband. But even together, the couple couldn't quite get ahead. They didn't have much in savings. And other financial goals like 401k investments felt out of reach. It just was something that neither of us could have even put money towards. So it wasn't even a topic of conversation. Frankie's life changed professionally and financially when she met the founder of a company called Budsies at a friend's party. And it just so happened he had just been on Shark Tank talking about his company Budsies. 
Exposure on national television gave the company momentum. He was looking to expand his business and needed somebody in the marketing world. And so I assumed it was just going to be a little freelance work, which I had been doing from time to time. And then he was like, actually, I'd love to offer you a job. It's like, oh, okay. So he said that this job would be digital marketing director, which was extremely overwhelming. I just wasn't wholly confident in my abilities to do the job. The role was a stretch for Frankie professionally. Budsies was a startup and she had some reservations. You know, you never know in the startup world what's going to happen. You know, I was leaving a job that was comfortable for a job that was a toss-up. But I love a challenge and my fear ultimately propelled me in the direction to try this out. Three years later, I am now the VP of marketing. So I'd say I made the right choice. Frankie's salary grew in line with the company's success. We started to grow pretty quickly in the first year. And even after the first six months, I saw a salary bump. And then another six months, another salary bump. In addition to the salary bump, I started to get the actual job promotions. So director, then VP. With that comes this base salary and then on top of that bonuses, which I had never dealt with before. Her salary tripled within three years. At the same time, Frankie and her husband continued to live frugally. The first thing they did was build up a short-term savings account for emergency expenses. They always say to have like a three to six month cushion for living expenses should something happen. And that was kind of a goal for us. Well, our goal was originally like a month, then we went to two months, then three months. Then finally we got up to six months. Next, they tackled their long-term savings. I was able to finally buy a house with my husband um, and we paid off both of our cars. And we now have the savings account and also a Roth IRA. Um, He has his um, 401k. And now we have this comfortable cushion that we never would have had before. When it comes to that fear, that financial fear of what happens if I lose my job or what happens if I get hurt or what happens if I'm fired or anything along those lines, we knew that we would be fine. And it just sort of put us both in a much better place emotionally. More on She Makes Money Moves right after this quick break. I'm Samantha Barry. Welcome back to She Makes Money Moves. Frankie's husband was recently accepted into a training program in South Carolina. Since the program is only a year long, the couple didn't want to leave the life they'd built in Florida. Because they had money in the bank, they didn't have to. They decided Frankie would stay in Florida while her husband spent the year in South Carolina. We don't know if he would have been able to take the opportunity and go up there and accept this position if we hadn't been in this financially safe place which would have been really sad to have had to say no to an amazing opportunity because of finances. Today, Frankie is reevaluating their finances to figure out how she and her husband can reach their next goals. 
I'd say that my number one reason for wanting to put money aside in any way is just for the ability to have that balance in life and say, you know what, I want to quit the corporate world for even a year or two and and go travel or be with my family or for whatever reason. I would love that flexibility and that control on what I can and cannot do in my life instead of having to be fearful and stuck in a job or a position or working nine to five for the rest of my life because I have to, because I don't have the comfortable cushion of finances behind me. When Frankie first started earning more, she didn't know what to do with extra money. What would happen is my money would just sort of sit in my savings and nothing would be done with it. For me, it's like, okay, if I don't know where to put it and I don't know how to diversify, I'd rather just leave it alone so I know at least it's safe sitting there in my savings account. She knows her money could be working harder, but she's struggling to take the next step towards serious investing. I think the biggest advice for me is what to do and how to diversify a big chunk of savings. So I have this big savings account, but I have no idea what to do with it, or at least I'm not comfortable enough to understand where to diversify, how to diversify, how much should I diversify, and sort of start building up these funds in a way that makes me comfortable where all of my eggs aren't in one basket. I subscribe to the thinking of, you know, we're not promised tomorrow, so I don't necessarily want to hoard all of my money and save it because at the end of the day, we don't know what's going to happen. And I'd like to be able to enjoy my life as it is. But also with the notion that I don't want to be 80 years old and have zero money and having to still work because I didn't do anything with my finances. Today's expert started her career making $20,000 a year. She struggled with money, but after turning her finances around, she's helping other women do the same. Hey there, I'm Nicole Lappin, the financial expert you don't need a dictionary to understand, and the New York Times bestselling author of the books Rich Bitch, Boss Bitch, and my new one, Becoming Superwoman. I'm also the co-host of the money podcast, Hush Money. So Frankie... She's got a great story. I mean, this is the financial story we want to hear from a lot more women. She has tripled her salary in a short number of years. She has what we always talk about at Glamour, which is the fallback fund. What's your thoughts on having a fallback fund, first of all? I love everything about having a fallback fund. I tend to say that if you have a precarious income, so if you're a real estate agent or if you're freelancing or if you're working at a startup and you're just not sure of the continuity of your salary, then you might want to aim for nine months first. Or even a year if you're freelance. Frankie's financial situation improved once her salary increased. For women who don't have the luxury of twice a year salary bumps, how can they start working on their fallback fund? What can they do this week? 
I would look at a direct deposit. So if it doesn't come out of your paycheck yourself, it doesn't feel as difficult to do, right? So you're protecting yourself against yourself. This is the foolproof plan and you can set it up through your bank or you can set up a sub savings account, which I really love because I love naming them and putting a name to something like this makes you more excited to keep sticking to it. Otherwise, it just feels like this dark abyss of so much money just coming out of your paycheck all the time. How do you name yours? I literally have like a Mexico vacation fund, a broken iPhone fund. And so I have the money there. So I'm not freaking out when something happens. I really want to have my own back that way. So Frankie has her emergency savings, but she wants to do more with the money that's left over. She wants to have the freedom to leave the door open for the future if she wants to take time off to travel or have kids. She doesn't need this money to be accessible tomorrow, but she is letting it sit there in a savings account, barely making any interest because she doesn't know where she should put it. This is also very common from people we hear from. They get the saving thing right. They get the frugality right. And then when it comes to investing or diversifying or words like portfolio, they're like, that's not for me. So scary. Diversification. (laughs) Totally. I mean, I used to break out into hives thinking about this and I'm the least likely person to become a financial expert. I grew up in an immigrant family, broken home. Like I figured this out the hard way. And if I could do it, anyone could do it because money is just a language like anything else. We just don't have a Rosetta Stone for that language. So I get it. But the truth is you want to live somewhere in between thinking you're going to die tomorrow and live forever. There is a sweet spot in there. And what I would say to her is she has all these thoughts and ideas of traveling the world and what she wants to do and maybe not corporate America, maybe this or that. Here's the thing. Figure that out. If you don't have a destination, it's going to be really difficult to get there. It's like me saying, hey, Sam, we're going to a party in New York City. And you're like, sweet. And then there are a lot of questions about that. What street is it on? What am I wearing to the party? What am I bringing to the party? Like, if we don't know the exact address, it's going to be very difficult for us to get to the party. So we have so many questions about going to a party. We have less questions about our goals in our own life. So for life is that party, how does she get there? So I like to think about creating what you want out of life and then reverse engineering to figure out how to get the money to live the life you want. And I break that down into the three Fs. Coming up with your goals in one, three, five, seven, ten year increments Mm -hmm. and really map out family, finance and fun. Nothing is more time, money and energy intensive than a family. And so they really want to look at that. Hey, do we want to have kids in a little while? Like, that's really expensive. How much are we going to need in that situation? So Frankie should map out the three F's, family, finances and fun. It sounds like from her story that fun is a big part of it, right? I think the impression I got was she almost fits into this generation uh, that are called FIRE, right? Financially invest, retire early. We've talked to a lot of them at Glamour. They want to do really smart things with money in their 30s and maybe early 40s in order to retire before they hit 50. Sometimes Frankie gives the impression that maybe she wants to leave corporate America behind and retire early. What would be your advice for somebody that wants to do that? Well, I will say off the bat, I love that she has a Roth IRA and her husband has a 401k. I think it's the more the merrier when it comes to retirement accounts. And also, you have to think of this thing called inflation. I know it's another scary one like diversification, but inflation is not like some big bad robber coming into your house and taking the money out from under your bed that maybe you're stuffing under your mattress. But it feels that way because if you're putting that same money in a bank account, 
In a few years, that's going to be worth less money. That's what inflation is. It takes away your purchasing power in the future. And the best way to curb inflation is to actually invest. Well, let's talk about that. Where can she see the biggest return on her money? You know, there's this old adage in Wall Street, the easiest, fastest way to double your money is to fold it in half. Like there's no easy, quick answer. Otherwise, everybody would be doing it. So how much of her budget should she set aside for medium term savings? Let's call it her open door fund. She wants to grow this money so she can leave the door open while she and her husband figure out what's next. So here's what I would suggest first is to take a step back. As you can probably tell, I love alliteration. So the three E's of budgeting for me, essentials, endgame, and extras. So 70% of your overall spending plan goes to the essentials. So everything they need to live on. 15% goes to the endgame. So this is all the investing and the future. And then 15% goes to the extras. So the mani-pedi, the latte, the stuff that we're really living for. More on She Makes Money Moves right after this quick break. I'm Samantha Barry. Welcome back to She Makes Money Moves. We know that growing her medium-term savings, her open-door fund, is really important to Frankie. But she's afraid if she invests in one thing, she's going to lose all her money. How should she think about diversification? If you look at your age, what is she, 30 right now? So I would say 30% should go more into a safer bond investment. So something that's pretty going to be there yeah, in the future when she needs it. So treasury bonds, other kinds of bonds would be in that category. And then 70%, the rest of it. So then that would be more aggressive. So going into stocks. So there's an old rule of thumb that just says, whatever your age is, take that money into your diversification and put that into bonds because she's still young. She's going to have a lot more time to play with. What are the most common fears and misconceptions that prevent people from investing in your experience? It's that fear that, you know, we look back at the financial crisis and our parents' equity in the house wasn't what it used to be and the rich-poor divide became the biggest it had ever been and all of this sort of doom and gloom stuff. And so I think a lot of this type of PTSD surrounds a financial crisis. What are some things Frankie or anyone else can do to make it a little easier to get over that fear? I would really put your blinders on when looking at the ups and downs of the market. Investments have yielded 10% over time. Inflation is growing at about 3% over time. So I would say, seriously, try not to look when you put money in there. Just know that it's going to continue to grow. She might benefit from consulting a financial advisor, someone to guide her and help her get a little bit more comfortable with investing. Totally. I think if you think about a financial advisor almost like a shrink, That's a really helpful way to go. Don't think that this is a cop-out by figuring out who fits your personality because it's absolutely the most important thing that you should look for in a financial advisor. There's an assumption only millionaires have financial advisors. It's not true, is it? It's definitely not true. And I would think of it almost like a personal trainer, like maybe millionaires have personal trainers all day, every day, and twice on Sunday. But sometimes you could just go to a trainer, get the plan, and do the moves and stuff yourself. So I would think of it in the very same way. So what's your key advice for Frankie or, you know, anyone else that wants to grow their medium-term savings to keep that door open and give themselves more options in the future? 
I would really go back to Frankie and say, brass tacks, sister. You know, Sam, you're so good on this show as talking about like real numbers. And that's the only way we're going to get down to this. We can't just dance around like, I just want more money. It's like, okay, sister, how much money do you want? Because people will come up to me and say, I just want a million dollars. Like, mm, what do you want to do with that million dollars? I don't know. Maybe you need more than a million dollars. Maybe you need less than a million dollars. It's first figuring out the life you want and then figuring out how to get the money to live that life. So how much are we talking about here? Like if she just wants a little bit more, that's a whole different prescription than if she wants $3 billion. So she should be specific about what she wants and when. And of course, she's in a millennial generation that remembers the financial crisis, as you and I do. And so there's some trauma around that. And we don't want to make the mistakes of our parents. But I think for her, she's really taking charge of her finances in an awesome way. And she just wants to step it up a notch. And we got her. Frankie and her husband made a lot of solid financial decisions as Frankie's salary increased. They built an emergency fund. They bought their house. They paid off their cars. And they also put money towards retirement. That's not always the case, right? No. A lot of times women will get increases in salary or get a windfall, which is a fancy word for just coming into a whole bunch of money, like either because somebody died, God forbid, or you won the lottery, whatever. Coming into a a significant amount of money, often you think it's going to last forever. And so you live way beyond your means. So this is awesome that Frankie like lives below her means. I just would caution to say it might not last forever. We, we don't ever enter a job thinking that it's going to end. You know, we don't enter a marriage thinking it's going to end. But I would suggest a fallback fund no matter what. You never know what's going to happen. It's so important to have your own back. We've talked at length about building up your short-term emergency savings and also your long-term investments. Once those wheels are in motion, don't let the money that's left just sit there. You can do better than a savings account with a 2% interest rate, but you might need some help to get there. Check the show notes for the website of the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors. They'll direct you to a nearby financial advisor with hourly rates. Setting up a one-hour meeting might feel like baby steps, but every step forward puts you one step closer to financial freedom. To learn more about what we've talked about in this episode, visit glamour.com money. And if you'd like to share your story, we'd love to hear it and help you make money moves. Email us at money at glamour.com. She Makes Money Moves is a production of Glamour and iHeartRadio with new episodes dropping every Tuesday. I'm your host and Glamour's editor-in-chief, Samantha Barry. The podcast is co-written and co-produced by Kim Fusaro and Deanna Buckman with support from Lauren Brown West Rosenthal. Editorial oversight is provided by Maddie Kahn. Christina Everett is our executive producer. Mary Dew is our audio engineer. Recording help provided by Jeff Pram. Julie Shen heads up business and development of this podcast and Pat Singer heads up our research team. Special thanks to Nicole Lappin and our guest Frankie Burns for sharing her story.